you know, you sort of have mainstream social media, which is all existing in a certain paradigm of their code is is all secret, their algorithms are all secret. You know, there's pretty bad censorship happening. They're really putting the users last as opposed to first. And so, you know, I consider us along with a couple of others in the open source realm, in the decentralized realm to be the top competitors. Because, you know, you have alternative social networks like Instagram, Tumblr, like those are, they're bigger than us, but I don't consider them to actually be alternatives because they're all existing in the same web 2.0 surveillance paradigm. In Web3, which is now emerging, you sort of have these networks that are community-owned, users come first. You know, we're very much non-political. Unfortunately, free speech has been politicized over the last five years. And, you know, traditionally, it's across the spectrum. Liberals and conservatives all agreed that free speech was absolutely foundational and that, you know, there was no debate. And now it's sort of become more contentious with social media. And so when you actually look at like the criticism of free speech online now is, oh, my God, it causes radicalization. We need to be careful of this. Um, And, you know, I think that in certain scenarios, there is some validity to that. But when you approach it more holistically, you see that the censorship and the data shows this almost across the board. Censorship causes more radicalization. It causes people to feel victimized and to become more polarized and extreme and even resort to violence because of the censorship. When your your whole platform is being taken from you and you feel like you're being shut down and, and not listened to, and that on the long term, if you just show humanity and compassion for people who may even hate you, that's actually the only way that they can change their minds. If you ban them, you're almost guaranteeing that they will never change their minds. So that's kind of the approach that we're taking. And I don't feel like it's really controversial. It's it's pretty obvious psychologically. You're, you're never going to change if you don't have the ability to learn. And by shutting down communication, you're actually shutting down people's ability to learn. I saw an interview where someone was asking about, about Meta and the metaverse eventually, you know, originally formed in the crypto community on on Ethereum mostly. Like there's a project on Ethereum called Decentraland, which is like this whole kind of virtual world where the real where where the land, the property is all tokenized. So you can sort of buy land in this virtual world and you have an identity and you have an avatar and you know it's it can be correlated with VR and AR. And I so I think that you know, the name change is very, it, it's the last thing that anybody was asking from them. What's more shallow than changing your name rather than your actions in how you're like abusing people, spying on them? Like they didn't change any of that. It's important that they're acknowledging the, I mean, not only are they acknowledging the metaverse, they're becoming it. And the metaverse is rooted in crypto. So I think that's a good sign for you know, they're probably going to have interoperability with Ethereum. So I think there, there are good things about it, but we are trying to decentralize our infrastructure as much as possible. It's just like creating this life form in the internet, which can just spread. So that's really interesting to me. And then, so we have this product called Minds Plus, which we've been working on, which is essentially a rev share for members. So it's like five bucks a month. But if you post, if you're a Minds Plus member and you post popular content that month, we actually take a quarter of our revenue and proportionally share that with all the creators 
who posted that month. Imagine if Netflix allowed you to upload a film and then if it performed well at the end of the month, they would actually pay you out. That's based on, you know, as a percentage of their revenue. And that is is really interesting because it allows us to not rely on like surveillance advertising, which is what all of the big tech networks are relying on. You know, this is an existential thing that I I have talks with other companies and friends who have companies all the time. And they're always like, yeah, but I'm so scared to open source my code. Like, I feel like I feel like people are just going to steal my idea. And like, it's a totally irrational fear that really it might apply to like certain types of inventions. But I think in terms of software, it, it really doesn't. For instance, in our license, anyone can take it, do whatever they want with it, modify it, monetize it. But if they make changes, all of the changes they make have to get shared with us and with the whole community. So it keeps all of the innovation free and open. 